What's red and bad for your teeth? What? A brick. Mm -mm. Welcome back to another episode of Face for Wrestling video episode. Ah, shit. Two seconds in, already fucked up. Yeah, keep it in. (laughs) Welcome back to another Face for Wrestling video episode of Stardom. I'm Waldo, and I'm joined as ever by Matt. I'm Matt. And Dr. Brian. And you can go catch our most recent audio episode of NWA Power to get a sneak listen to what Dr. Brian actually sounds like as his microphone worked that week. But it was just for a split second. We are working diligently to overcome those technical issues and get him on full time. Speaking of which, you may notice on this episode that our audio quality is getting slightly better as we are always trying to find ways to improve. But only slightly. We've increased our budget to allow for better microphones and editing equipment which is a big improvement over our current recording method. Like and subscribe to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash faceforwrestling. And follow us on the Twatter at faceforwrestling to join us in our antics. You can also follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes to catch all of our episodes in audio format for the Face for Wrestling fan on the go. We do want to send out a late congratulations to stardom for two weeks of awesomeness leading us into the year 2020. As we record this during the first week of January 2020, we won't be covering that until we get there in our timeline. But we would encourage all of our listeners, as always, to become members at stardom-world.com to see all of the shows and matches that led to them appearing at the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom 14. Yeah, it sucks that they were in a dark match, but still, they got to wrestle in front of the Tokyo Dome, the biggest crowd in Japan that you have at the moment. Good job, ladies. I actually have some nice historical figures for you, Matt. Really? And we're going with figures instead of statistics, because as we all know, stats Stats ain't math. Stardom had put out on their twatter that they had an amazing opportunity at the Tokyo Dome, and that their talent that was there uh, made the absolute most of it. If you don't know already, it was Mayu and Arissa versus Hana and Julia. As the conversation went, Twatter user at True Sri Costa, whatever that is, tells us that there was a show that was an all-female show in the Tokyo Dome on November 20th, 1994, over 25 years ago, with the official attendance being 32,500, but an unofficial attendance of 42,000 plus. This show was primarily ran by All Japan Women's Wrestling, and this included female wrestlers from other promotions such as Mishinoku Pro, uh, FMW, and even Medusa made an appearance over there. This was during her WWF run. Right. The show lasted 10-plus hours and had 23 matches. That's a lot of matches. I firmly believe that stardom, given the right amount of time, the right build, and the current roster that they have, can fill the Tokyo Dome up for a show of their own. Let's make this dream a reality. I, I'm with you 100% on this. And I think with Bushi Road's help, they definitely have a chance of getting there. Absolutely. Just from the small upgrades we've seen since Bushi Road has taken over, I, I think they're firmly on their way for that. So long as the founder and owner of Bushi Road survives after his few run-ins with Hana. <laughs> spicy, spicy. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Matt, we just finished up the Goddess of Stardom tournament, but we aren't quite out of the woods yet from tag team matches. On the 10 November 2018 show at Shinkiba First Ring, we get what feels like our first TV quality show versus the last two pay-per-view type shows. 
I think this is perfectly fine as we start the march towards the end of the year climax show of 2018 and the need to advance storylines is required. Yeah, this is very much so a show to set up the matches they have coming out on the 23rd and the 24th, which will also then lead into the December shows, which are their big end of the year blowout. So it, it was definitely needed. You just had this multiple month tournament going on, time to switch gears and start moving towards the more single feuds but they do that in a tag setting which actually works out fairly well our first match tonight is tam and natsumi versus the sisters hanan hina and rena i'd like to wish matt good luck at this point in his quest to properly identify the sisters during the match i'll give you a hint during the pre-match promo hina and rena are the, on the left and right respectively and can be identified by the letter h and r on their right shoulder strap of their outfits and then hanan's the tall one Matt, give us a little backstory on the sisters. They're sisters. And... <laughs> Hanan's the older sister. She started wrestling with stardom a little bit before the twins came in. They've always been predominantly undercard. This is kind of, I'm, I'm assuming here, a training situation that they like to put their younger talent in. Uh, they're all three have a judo gimmick because they do have a background in actual judo. And you see them, they wear their, their geese and their belts to the ring, which I think is nice. Hanan tells us that this is the first match where all three of them have teamed up together. Is that and true? Re that is true. Okay, I thought I'd seen them before this, but maybe I would saw some of the later episodes. And Rena explains that they have the better team because they've been together so long. Yeah, which makes sense. I they're sisters. I like that, though, but it's like we don't have an advantage because there's three on two. We only have an advantage because we're sisters. P-Chan starts out by high-fiving Natsumi, and Tam tells us that Sneaky Shiki is out today. Yeah, she said she's out today, so I made a new team. And this is where I, I forget, like, I'm such a big fan of Tam that I forget she's in that future stardom bracket, which is their undercard bracket of people who haven't been wrestling very long or are very young. And Tam is not young. And I always forget that she hasn't been wrestling that long because she's really good. So it was a little bit of a, oh, oh yeah, yeah, you do belong in this category technically. And there was a panda involved. Tam puts over the sisters and Natsumi as being the future of stars, and Natsumi and Pichan will do their best. The sisters come out in their judo outfits and politely fold them up in the corner after doing some gymnastics. As the sisters are coming out, I just wanted to say it's nice to be back in Shikiba first ring. By far, it's our favorite venue. Yeah, I'm a big fan, uh, and you can tell they, they're used to working here. The setup's great for them. I, I, I prefer it much better than the last place. It's 2018, Matthew. And the digital age has been with us here for a minute. But as the introductions are being made, you can see people taking pictures with cameras on the ring apron. It may seem like a small thing, but it still gives that big sport feel. That and the streamers. Yeah, I wish more companies did the press at the ringside. It adds legitimacy to your product. They cut to a shot of the ring as they are introducing Tam, and Old Ref is just standing there in the corner. It looks like he's waiting on them to call his name for streamers as well. <laughs> Yeah, I think he just kind of stays in the corner until they put a quarter in him, and then he knows he, then he knows to go to work. Old Ref does take a bow as the ring announcer is exiting the ring, so if any of our listeners have a better understanding of Japanese, please let us know what they said in the comments below. I'll splice in that part. Uh, maybe they did introduce him. He deserves it. Yeah. Everyone meets in the middle as Old Ref is getting the participants to shake hands. As Tam and Natsumi are walking back to their corner, 
The sisters bum-rushed them and start putting the boots to them. They roll Natsumi out of the ring and focus on Tam. You can tell that the sisters are a little green here as they are being as gentle as possible. Yeah, I think that's going to be kind of the, the theme for tonight after the last two shows. Everybody with a certain exceptions throughout the night are much more gentle than they have been the past two episodes. It was like, we just beat the shit out of each other in a month-long tournament. Now let's recuperate. I'll give them a pass because the oldest is about, what, 14? And they're still learning, too. Yeah. They aren't quite ready to be in a match with the likes of Mayu and Kigetsu yet. Yeah, no. They still got a couple years for that. Hina and Rina try to play Red Rover with Tam, but Tam just breaks through easily and gives Rina a kick and elbows to Hina. Tam is about to do something to Hina, but Hanan comes flying in with a dropkick to Tam. Hanan Irish whips Tam into the corner, and we get the sisters running dropkicks to Tam in the corner. Bonus points to Matt if he can get the right order of how this happened. Hanan, then Rina, then Hina. You absolutely messed up. Rina, Hina, Hanan. That's what I said. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Natsumi is trying to get Old Ref to pay attention to it, but Old Ref is just telling her to calm her ass down. Good on Natsumi and Old Ref for creating the distraction. This needed to be logical. After two rounds of this, Old Ref turns around and tells them that that's enough of that shit. Rina just runs over and boots Natsumi off the apron to the outside. Hina goes for a pin on Tam, but Tam kicks out at one. Hanan. Aha! We don't know because they were all in the ring when the bell rang. That's true. This is the first time one of them has been in there solo. Hina tries some running drop kicks to Tam as she just runs in place while taking them to Tonner. What? <laughs> yeah, I thought this was a nice little spot, though. Of Like I said, Tam's obviously bigger than everybody else in the match. And I'm not going to sell for your drop kicks, so let's make a spot out of it. Another fun question for you here, Matt. Yes. What direction around the ring did Hina go to do these drop kicks? Left. Uh, let me rephrase that. What compass direction around the ring did Hina go to do these drop kicks? West. East is written on the far side of the wall. So it was east, north, west, and south. Okay. See, I'm getting better with my Japanese. I'm getting there. I am not. (laughs) Hina hits Tam with a few elbows out of frustration. As she's running the ropes, Tam ducks and tries to hit her with a clothesline. But Hina drop kicks her into the ropes. While Tam is against the ropes, Hina hits a drop kick straight into Tam's throat. Shit! Like I said, it's one of the few spots of murder of the night. There's not a lot of them, but this was definitely one of them. Hina hits what I think is a reverse Russian leg sweep to Tam and only gets a two for her troubles. Yeah, it was a bit of a judo throw. Hina gets up and boots Natsumi off the apron again. She immediately runs over and tags in Rina for fear that Tam might beat the shit out of her for it. Poor Rina tries to do an arm drag takeover onto Tam, but it ain't happening. She abandons that pretty quick and goes for a twisting arm lock. It is turned into a standing reverse arm bar, number 48. Tim front rolls out of it, but Rena reverses it into an attempt for the good old-fashioned arm bar number one. Arm bar. But she doesn't quite have the strength for it. So during this time, Hanan runs over and gives Natsumi another kick. Yeah, poor Natsumi. Tam finally makes it to the ropes and the hold is released. Rena runs a drop kick into Tam's shoulder. Logic! And tries for a pin. Out at two and into... Arm bar number one again, but Tam is still resisting. What threat is Natsumi posing here? This time, Hanan goes over and gives her a kicking. But it's a ploy, you see. It allows Hina to sneak in and assist Rina with arm bar number two on Tam's other arm. As Hanan is coming back over, she gets in the figure yawn on Tam. Is that the number four? 
It is the number four. <laughs> nice. Uh, I really like this spot. The only downside on it is I think Natsumi breaks it up a little too soon, so you don't get the full visual of the figure four and both double arm bars because it's broken up immediately. Another fun question time for you here, Matt. Yes. Who's legal? Because it's still Rena in the ring. It should still be Rena, right? It is. Sweet. Rena tries to finish things up with a scoop slam, but Tam easily reverses it. Tam goes for a pin, but Rena kicks out at two. So Tam tries to tag in Natsumi. Rena grabs Tam's leg and prevents it, and Hina boots Natsumi off the apron. I should have been keeping count of this. Yeah. At least it's not as bad as the uh, Starlight Kid death kick count. Yeah, it's just the sisters are actually playing it smart and keeping one person in the ring. It's good tag team action. Rena tries to put on the Osaka Crab, but isn't quite strong enough to do it. So Rena comes in to assist while Hanan boots Natsumi, again, off the apron. I do have to say, this was probably my favorite part of the match, with the younger sister trying for the Osaka Crab, unable to quite cinch it in, so the other sister helps her turn Tam over, and then applies a camel clutch, or half a camel clutch at least, to go with it. It was just a nice little visual, and it was nice to show that Tam is stronger than these girls. Somehow, Natsumi got around Hanan and breaks up the mess in the ring, and she gives Rena a nice boot up the ass on the way back out. Yeah, she's finally getting a chance to be part of this match. Rena gives Tam a few jabs and tags in Hanan, who goes straight for a slick arm drag takedown into a flip. She tries to do another arm drag on Tam, but while she's struggling, Natsumi actually runs over to get Hina and Rena off the apron. Payback! <laughs> yeah, she's finally she's finally woken up. She's part of the match now. Natsumi sandwiches into Tam to squash Hanan and does a running knockdown off the ropes into the El Nudo. El Nudo. This allows Tam and Natsumi to showboat a little, but Hina comes in and tries to break it up. Rina comes in and sees Hina get caught, and Tam is about to hit a reverse and normal DDT on them both. But Old Ref starts his count to five, and Tam releases them. Instead, we get double drop kicks to Hanan while she's wrapped up in the El Nudo. Yeah, there's a, this is my second favorite part of the match, where Tam actually turns to Old Ref to ask if she is the legal person in the match, because everybody's kind of confused at this point. And Old Ref assures her, yeah, you're illegal. Tam slightly misses her dropkick on the double dropkick in the El Nudo, but thank God she did, because poor Hanan would have died if they had connected properly. Yeah, I think you have to miss this one on purpose, because it's completely defenseless when you're wrapped up in the El Nudo. Out of a two count, and Tam goes to tag in Natsumi. <clears throat> Tam is annoyed, and they start trading elbows in the middle of the ring. Natsumi gets in another chance to kick off one of the sisters of the apron. As she's heading back to the corner, she hits a dropkick onto Hanan. Is this the part where Tam is crawling over to make a tag, but her partner's busy clearing the ring? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was a really nice, again, a really nice spot for an opening match to where she's like, oh, I can finally tag my partner. Oh, I can only do that because my partner's doing all the dirty work at the moment. Tam goes for a German suplex to Hanan, but she slides down out under Tam's legs to sneak in a tag to Rena. That was nice. Yeah. Rena tries for a quick pin, but Tam slips out. No bother. Rena immediately rolls it into another pin, but only for a two. Hanan gets tagged in for a quick arm drag into a pin, but it only gets a two. Now it's Hina's turn, and Tam gets out at like two and 99 one hundreds. Yeah, this one was close. I think the crowd even bought into this might have been the finish. And Hanan is booting Natsumi off the apron again. All three come in to gang up on Tam, but nobody is paying attention to Natsumi climbing up top. 
Tam ducks a double clothesline from Rina and Hina, and Natsumi lands a flying crossbody on them from the top. Natsumi is actually in now. What a twist! A twist. Hmm. What a twist! She goes for a flying dropkick off the ropes to Hina, but Hina slaps her away and starts making her humbell. But Natsumi rolls it into a pin attempt that gets a one. Natsumi gets up and does a mid-body scissors flip into a roll-up and gets the three in 7.35. What was this? Yes, seven minutes and 35 seconds, and that's the end of the match. Absolutely. (laughs) As Natsumi goes to check on Tam, the sisters try to argue with Old Ref, but they aren't quite high enough on the totem pole for Old Ref to acknowledge their complaints, so he just leaves. (laughs) Yeah, he's just done. Yeah, post-match, Natsumi rolls over and asks for a microphone to challenge Starlight Kid for her future stardom title belt. Even though this went 7 minutes and 35 seconds, it felt way faster than that. Yeah, it didn't feel long at all. It was a fun opener. It did, I I think, expose Tam a little bit. Because like I said, I'm a big fan of Tam, but I think she has to work with people that work a certain style. And this wasn't that style. So I was kind of glad that she wrestled most of the match to get that experience. I'm pretty sure she'll do better in the future with somebody that doesn't work that style that she's really good at. The sisters still have a bit of polishing to do, but I feel like they'll each find their own way soon enough. Yeah. Tam was the absolute workhorse in this match, with Natsumi only getting in enough to support her post-match call-out to Starlight Kid. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing I really like about stardom. Even in tag matches... They put their shine on whoever actually gets the pinfall. So the fact that Natsumi got the pinfall, she gets the win, and therefore it makes sense that she can challenge somebody for a belt. Our second match of the night is Konami and Azumi versus Natsu and Martina. We've mentioned it in our two previous episodes, but this is the last appearance of Martina for just a little bit. She's not gone forever, but it's long enough for them to acknowledge it on TV. Yeah, and sadly it makes her a terrible promo where Session and Natsu just terribly fake cry and talk about how she's going to be gone after today and I'll miss you bringing me beers and yelling at me and not... I I don't know. It was a bad promo. She did get a good line in. I'm going to miss not having a clue what's going on. Aha! That explains everything. (laughs) (laughs) Cut over to the big boss ladies with a wanted poster of Natsu and beaten sticks. Yeah, it was interesting. They say we're tired of fighting Natsu, but we have to because we have to get our flag and mask back before Momo challenges her to a fight. It's our job. We're going to do it. You're under arrest. Okay. (laughs) Into the ring with Kegetsu and Hazuki galloping in. What? (laughs) Yeah, I usually kind of fast forward through the intros. But as soon as they started galloping out, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, they lead the rest of Odeotai in the ring. They've stolen the QQ flag and the mask with them, too. And then as they're kind of making their way to the ring, police sirens go off. And I will have you know that these are not Texas DPS sirens because no, I know them not. very well. <laughs> they are not. I like that they got the sound guy in on their uh, attempt to recover the flag and mask. As they run in, Konami and Asumi go straight to business on this. Race car ref is in the ring and can't start this off until the ladies are in there also. So we finally get some of the girls in the ring. We have 
Konami and Martina into the ring as Azumi hightails it to the back, chasing after the flag and mask. Konami is giving the business to Martina with those kicks. Martina actually using her weight advantage this time over Konami to avoid being whipped across the ring. Stiff elbow to Konami from Martina. Martina has better ring gear now. Good. Yeah, she actually, for most of this match, looks pretty good. There's a couple exceptions that we'll point out, but she's definitely stepped up her game, and this is not a comedy match like the intro would lead you to believe. Martina has Konami in a -a tilt-a-world crossbody, Cessna spin, and stops when she gets dizzy. She starts turning the other way to straighten out and just drops Konami down as she gasses out. Damn single-engine hobby planes. (laughs) Yeah, it was a nice little spot. Uh, Like I said, it's a little bit of comedy, but it's still attempting to do moves, so I'm good with it. Martina goes for a suplex, but Konami slips out and gives her a nice insiguri. Natsu comes in and sneaks in a couple of hits to Konami as she gives Martina the elbows. Azumi, from the back apparently, runs in to put a stop to that shit. Yeah, it was great timing on this. Martina and Natsu reverse the Irish whips into the corner for their double Bronco Buster thing. Yeah, get it out of the way early. I'm okay with that. Natsu whips Konami into the ropes, but she jumps on them and bounces off to give Natsu a mean-looking kick. Azumi gets tagged in and gets Natsu in the corner for a nice drop kick. Azumi drags over Natsu to tag in Konami as they put the boots to the face in the corner. As Natsu drops down, Konami snapmares her over and gives her a good kick. I like how these two work together. It may seem like a little thing, but the snapmare spot looked really smooth. Yeah, these two have really good chemistry together. We saw this in the the tag league match as well, but Konami and Azumi, their styles are different, but they mesh well together. Azumi rushes over to knock Martina off of the corner as Konami has Natsu in a headlock. Konami lets go of the headlock as Natsu made the ropes. She gets in a couple of kicks and sets up for a suplex, but Natsu drops down on her. Konami tries for a spinning kick, but Natsu ducks and Konami gets her in the gut with the go-around kick. As Konami is running the ropes, Hazuki Blinds her with a jacket. Surprise jacket. <laughs> I really wanted to make a pun here with Jack and attack, but it just didn't seem to work out very well. But it was a nice spot. I can't remember any other time in wrestling where I've seen a foreign object be a jacket. I don't. I can't think of one either, but it worked out well. Martina comes in and gets some offense on Konami, leading into a roll-through DDT that looked way better than what she did the last show. I said she's definitely showing signs of improvement here. As she tries to carry it through to a suplex, Azumi rushes in to break it up. Konami and Azumi go to double-team Martina, but Martina gets in the double clothesline off the ropes to knock them both down. Martina goes to pick up Konami, but Konami breaks free and starts kicking the shit out of Martina. Martina finally grabs her leg and hits the dangerous headbutt. I don't know what kind of suplex this is, and I haven't seen her use it before, but it was really nice. Konami looks to be going for the codebreaker, but it's a slick, rolly move into armbar number 23. Yeah, and this is all Konami. She just totally woman handles her into this armbar. And then she turns it around for armbar number 76. Martina goes for the roll through to get out of it, but Konami straight puts her out of business with a nasty kick to the head, followed by the nicest dropkick I've ever seen Konami do. Yeah, man, Konami is slicker than an 80s WWF manager. I have a vision of setting new goals for my life. I get a chuckle out of these barrel roll tags, man. I, they're, they're amazing to me. <laughs> ah, 
I don't understand them, but I am. I, I have to say they've grown on me. Azumi comes in and puts on that weird ass crossbody submission. The tilt the world armbar number seven is what I'm calling it. As Martina is walking over to the ropes for a break, Azumi drops down and rolls her up. This was my favorite part of this match. You realize that they're about to have to get the rope break, so you immediately transition into something else. I know it gets a two, but whenever I hear people go on about ring awareness during a match, this is what I expect to see. Yeah, like she is so good to be so young. Another nasty headbutt, but this time to Azumi. As Martina's getting ready to run the ropes, Konami comes running in at 90 miles an hour, or 145 clicks per hour for you foreigners out there, and knees Martina right in the gut. And then, holy shit, Azumi suplexes Martina. Yeah, no words. Azumi whips Martina into the corner and runs to do something, but Martina gets her foot up, and Azumi falls out like a corpse. Martina runs up into the other corner to do Azumi's triple rope jump, but a whole lot slower. Yeah. And manages to hit a flying codebreaker to Azumi. It was dead on. I'll give her that. Natsu gets tagged in and slides into kick to knock off Konami off the apron as she goes after a dazed Azumi. Decent running clothesline from Natsu. Natsu tries to whip Azumi across the ring. Did you notice she always drops to her knee when she does this? I didn't notice that. I'll have to start checking for that. Natsu gets Azumi in the pin as her feet are up on the ropes, but you can't fool race car ref here. Another thing I like about stardom is, is that they don't go out of their way to make the refs look like idiots. Yeah. As Natsu gets Azumi up, Azumi just slaps the shit out of her. That's all that's needed. Natsu asks for it again, but instead, Azumi gives her roundhouse. She goes to run the ropes, but somehow Natsu got up from the kick and rolls Azumi up in a schoolgirl. Then, I have written here, a bunch of reversals happen until Martina comes in to break things up. Yeah, I just have slap, kick, wrestling. <laughs> As Azumi is going for the triple jump crossbody, Martina comes in and throws something way over Azumi, but still manages to knock her down. Did you see that? Yeah, I think she was trying to hit her with a beer can. She botched hitting her with the beer can and just chunked it into the audience. She hit somebody kudos with that her. beer can. Yeah. <laughs> but kudos to her. Instead of just going, oh, sell that, she didn't reached over and punched her in the forehead. She saved the spot, even though she totally missed the spot, and I don't know how that beer can ended up in the next building. Natsu gets Azumi and the schoolgirl roll up for the 3 and 9.53. I expected this to be nothing but a straight comedy match due to Natsu and Martina being in it and seeing what they've done before. But this turned out to be a very decent wrestling match that didn't feel like 10-minute match at all. You get moments in this match where you realize how good Natsu is. She chooses to do comedy. She doesn't have to. She's actually a really good wrestler. And Martina actually keeps up with the other three girls, which I was 100% surprised by. There was only one spot that I don't think you mentioned where Azumi was going for a bridging pin on Martina. They didn't quite lock it in right, and as Martina kicks out of it, she's not quite flexible and almost breaks Azumi's neck from a roll-up pin attempt. And it's like, oh, man, if she was about 10 pounds lighter, she could have got that spot, and it would have looked amazing. Very easy watch, with my only complaint being Martina. Now that you have to leave, you decided to actually wrestle good. What right. the shit, Martina? 
I, and like I said, she did miss up that mess up the last spot, the final spot, but saved it. So I don't even take off points on her on that. So good on her. She waited until the absolute last minute to a get better ring gear and b wrestle. Hopefully, when you come back, you're just as good and you keep getting better. It's that, that uh, I know I'm leaving. I want them to bring me back. Let me leave a good memory in their mind. Hats off to you, Martina. You've come a long way. We've seen you in matches prior to when we actually started doing our episode reviews. Yeah. Nothing but improvements all around, and you do nothing but keep getting better. Yeah, she's no longer a female Sandman. Post-match, the rest of Odeotai comes in to send Martina off in awkward dancing all around. Yeah, we then have Natsu call for a microphone. She tells Session, today was your last match, but come back anytime. you always have a spot in Odeotai. Then she calls out Momo. Momo, get out here. I want to talk about the white belt match that we have coming up. Momo does not show up. So she continues to call Momo out for about 10 seconds. Momo continues to not show up. So finally she says, hey, Momo, you said that you would bet anything on our next match. So I'm going to let AZM make the bet for you. Azumi gets a microphone and says, what's up, Grandma? What you want? She says, hey, quit calling me grandma. If I beat Momo, you insolent little brat are going to come to Odeotai and be a member of Odeotai. And we're going to teach you respect, and you're going to be at the bottom of the heap, and we'll probably have you make us tea. Azumi says, I accept this, but do you really think I'm going to be at the bottom and not leading Odeotai? So yeah, the they've added a stipulation to Natsu and Momo's match for the white belt to where if Natsu wins now. Azumi will be joining Odeotai, and we will find out what Momo's side of the bet will be on a later show, I assume. The third match of the night is a four-on-four match of Jan, Jungle Assault Nation, consisting of Jungle Kiona, Natsuko, and Kaori, plus Duaka, versus Queen's Quest, Momo, Utami, B, and Chardonnay. Matt, what did everybody say? Well, we start off with all the catchphrases from Jan. I'm not going to go over each of their catchphrases. And then Jungle says, this is a preview of our tag title match that we have with Momo and Utami. I want to break Utami's big, long nose. Go team. Followed by Queen's Quest just saying, also, today is a preview for our tag match. We're going to win. There are eight ladies in this match, Matt. Yeah. Only Old Ref can guide us through this disaster that's about to happen. (laughs) So much stuff. Utami goes to start off with Jungle, but Momo is having none of that, and she injects herself in the opening of this match. Bit of a standoff until Jungle does a takedown on Momo. The both of them take turns reversing and trying to get out of it, until Momo finally gets a snapmare and kicks Jungle's back. Jungle dodges a kick from Momo off the ropes and rolls her up into a schoolgirl for a two. As they get up, the rest of Jan rushes over to the other corner and knocks off QQ. Jan then takes their turns doing splashes onto Momo. Jungle whips Momo into the ropes, but Utami runs in as Momo is running back and they hit a double dropkick. Perfectly timed and well done. Right after, Momo clears out the Jan corner. Momo tags in B, and for a second, it looks like B's confused on how to get in the ring, while Momo and Utami put the boots to Jungle's face. Yeah, there was so much going on in this, and there's just times where B looks completely lost. Old Ref scolds B for ignoring him. B keeps Jungle close to the QQ corner, and Momo sneaks in some help. 
Chardonnay gets tagged in, and she works Jungle's arm over for a bit. Chardonnay picks up Jungle just enough to hit the single leg codebreaker, and Chardonnay makes it look like she pulled out some of her hair of Jungle's head. I think she did. She might have. Jungle dodges a clothesline from Chardonnay, and instead of going after her, she charges the QQ corner to clean house. But Utami gives her a fight back. Jungle is trying to crawl away from Chardonnay, but Chardonnay tags in Utami, who hits a flying dropkick into the corner right into Jungle's chest. As I said throughout tonight, nobody's really tried to murder anybody up until this point, but now Utami's been tagged in, and it's time to sing the Doom song. And then does it again, but this time the volume is cranked up to 11, because 11 is louder than 10. (laughs) It's one one more. Utami and Jungle exchange elbows and screams in the middle of the ring. That is, until Utami looks like she's beating the life out of Jungle. Yeah, I'm not taking any one of these elbows. But Jungle finally responds with a receipt to Utami. Bobo comes in and clears the Jan corner and tries to join Utami in a double team on Jungle. Jungle is able to suplex the both of them and finally gets the tag into Coyote. Coyote is now squaring off against B. She gets in some funny double chops to B until B catches her. B uses her size against Coyote into the ropes and starts for the B's knees. <laughs> but Coyote dropped toe holds her into the ropes for Duaka to knock B's head off. They then try to double team B. But B responds with a double drop kick to the both of them. And B hits her dangerous looking knee to Coyote's face. No pun intended here, but they're making her look beastly. Old Ref rightly runs over to check for signs of life as Momo comes flying in. Yeah. Coyote hits a nice DDT to Momo, coming out of a suplex attempt, and is able to get the tag to Natsuko. Yeah, dude, this suplex into a DDT, I don't use this word lightly, but all I could think of was, God damn, that DDT was bad. Natsuko is easily stopped coming in and Momo gives her the business. Natsuko finally gets in some offense with some brutal chest slaps. They chase each other across the ring trading hits. Momo hits a nice belly to belly to Natsuko. Momo goes for the drop kick to Natsuko in the corner but she ducks and Jungle comes flying in for the lariat. Jungle Irish whips Momo across the ring and Natsuko meets her halfway for a brutal knee. Yeah. Natsuko goes for the forward Samoan drop roll on Momo, but Momo slips out of it and her foot does the talking for her. Utami gets tagged in and starts to go up top. Now, wait a minute. Natsuko is clear across the other side of the ring here. Yes. Do we have another wrestler that can defy gravity? Maybe. No, wait, we're good. Natsuko is actually getting up and stumbling her way towards the middle of the ring. It turns out Utami was just stalking it out. It was actually well set up. Utami goes up for another flying attack, but the rest of Jan comes in to give Natsuko a little bit of breathing room. Mm-hmm. They flip Utami over the top turnbuckle into the middle of the ring and go for the triple sandwich. Utami moves as they all run into each other, and the rest of QQ was ready and in quickly to barrel the Jan members over. Yeah. Utami has had enough and gets in a standing sleeper on Natsuko. She struggles and gets weaker, but makes it to the ropes for the break. This might be the best use of a sleeper hold since, like, Roddy Piper back in the day. It's not just we're going to stand in the middle of the ring and pretend the arm goes up and down. No, she actually is fighting this whole way to try to get over to the ropes. Really well done spot. 
the strange stardom crisscross, and Natsuko hits the spear on Utami. Natsuko finally tags out, and Duaka comes in to use her weight advantage on Utami. Nice flying crossbody from Duaka to Utami, but it only gets a two. Duaka goes up for a suplex to Utami, but Utami pushes her out of it and into the corner as QQ start the beatdown. Utami and Momo rush the other corner as Chardonnay sets up B for the top rope stomp. Yeah, it was really good, too, because Utami and Momo are drawing the attention of the ref, allowing B and Chardonnay to do this behind the ref's back. Utami comes back for a Russian leg sweep, and it leads to a four-way kick from all of QQ to Duaka. Somehow, Duaka kicks out. That means it's time for the torture rack. Jungle breaks it up, and Utami tries to run off the ropes into her, but Jungle turns it into a powerbomb. And then I have here 30 seconds of chaos. Yes, lots of chaos. Utami gets Duaka up into the choke and then gets her into the final form of the torture rack for the three in 1506. <laughs> I was a little sad. I thought we were about to get the first ever finish from a sleeper hold in how many years? But the size disadvantage between Duaka and Utami makes for a pretty good visual with the torture rack. So I think they went with the right ending. Another match that didn't feel like 15 minutes. This actually felt a lot quicker. Very fast-paced. It was really well done. I'm not normally a huge fan of Jan, the whole group. Like, I like Jungle, but the rest of them, I'm hit or miss. But I, I was completely into this entire match the whole way through. After the match, they go into a little bit of afters. But it's building up the Jan versus QQ setup that brought us from the Goddess of Stardom tournament to tonight. Yeah, we get a Tommy calling for a microphone, who then tells Jungle, hey, this is another bad result for you. You're supposed to be a champion and a leader, but you let her lose. Really good way to call out somebody like that, like a Jungle. They do a little bit of a scuffle before Jungle ends up with a microphone saying, I will never be your stepping stone. I will protect Jan, and I will protect these belts. Really smooth, really nice transition setting up their tag team defense in the future. Our last match of the night is a three-way tag match, putting the team of Hazuki and Kegetsu versus Hana and Mary and Mayu and Saki. Matt, walk us through the pre-match promo and tell me why I have magic written in my notes. We have some of the most interesting promos of the night for this match. I, I'm going to do this as a little bit of theater, if you will. Hazuki, the tag league is over, and I'm back to the real me. There was some weird magic. Kigitsu, but did you sleep good? Hazuki, I slept great. It was only horrible when I was awake. There was weird makeup and baggy clothes and poses that I wouldn't want to do. There was some kind of magic. But now there's a three-way tag match, and those can be confusing, and I don't want to do it. But if you get confused, just watch us, and you'll be all right. Definitely an interesting promo. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I like the nod back to the tag league where she was dressing like Kigetsu. And then, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. It was, it was a really interesting promo. Not the weirdest promo of the three. They need to win, though, so now can come out and do the closing of the show. Because apparently she needs practice. Yeah, she needs more practice at that. Stardom still has no clue what Mary is saying, and they still use the tagline of eggs at the end of their promo. Fast Spanish? 
de nuevos. Oh my goodness, this was quick. Yeah, so fast. Mayu and Saki end on wanting to eat something yummy. Yes, this is the actual weirdest promo to come out of this package. We have them starting off saying that there's a three-way tag. We haven't done one of those in a while. And there's some big personalities in this match. There's a big body, a flashy, a macho, a paint, a bean sprout, and an icon. Mayu says, wait, even you're putting yourself down by calling yourself a bean sprout. Saki says, I know, I'm the least noticeable, and that gives us an advantage. Mayu says, I want something yummy to eat. You always have good food. I don't know if it's the literal translation, but these are entertaining. Like, it's just such an awkward, weird thing to say, but I dig it. It makes it made me smile. It made me chuckle. I'm a fan. All of Odeotai's out for the dance, and shit, Martina's actually getting better at it as yep. she's leaving for a bit. Yeah, they actually gave her something to do besides her shitty rave moves. Just like her gear is getting better as she's leaving. Maybe but, it's a precursor to something better to come. But she'll be back. Mary and Hana come out to the first version of a theme song for later use. Something cyber is clearly happening here. Yeah, you can tell Tokyo is going to maybe squat up. Good on Mary for bringing the belt out. As you should. Same with Mayu and Saki as they bring their belts out. Mayu has some new merch with her, and I have that shirt! Not that shirt. Yes, I do. Not the shirt that she wore to the ring. <sighs> I want to take this moment to talk about stardom for a second. Fix your online store. I need to blow more money at your store. Mayu, Mary, and Hazuki start off. Well, shit. <laughs> yep. Wrestling. Little bit of guessing it out until we get a three-way test of strength that turns a foul on Hazuki. Hazuki arm drags Mary. Very impressive. <laughs> yeah. Mary then arm drags Mayu like a rag doll. She's definitely the biggest person in this match, and she's playing it up perfectly. Mayu is up in the corner and shoves Mary down by the head to the mat for the flying arm drag to Hazuki. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how she pulled this spot off. Like, all three women did this perfectly. From the head pull down to Mayu actually landing a little bit and then going into the arm drag instead of trying to catch the arm drag halfway down. Like, it's just, it's beautiful. Into Mayu's cool-ass rope jump and bouncing to the double arm drag to Hazuki and Mary. Mayu is confused as Mary and Hazuki go at it and all three teams tag out. Kegitsu flies over the top rope to meet Hana and Saki for a quick standoff. Kegitsu and Saki go for a test of strength, and Hana lets them go at it by themselves as she just stands in the corner to watch the Greco-Roman display. Smart. When Kegitsu has Saki in a headlock, Hana makes her move. Saki tries to go after Hana, but Hana tosses her in the corner and goes back to Kegitsu. Saki tries to go as Kegitsu is stuck in a headlock, and Hana dumps her out of the ring. Nice taunting kicks from Hana to Kegitsu. As Hana is running the ropes, Kegitsu does her awesome chasing slide to pull Hana out of the ring. Yeah, I still don't know how she got the timing for this down. She never messes it up. It's always perfect. And this is where they... Let the time begin. Outside the ring. 
I would have to imagine that the tickets that you get at a stardom event have a disclaimer at the bottom stating that the seating assignments are very subject to change. <laughs> They're subject to Odeo Ty's discretion. <laughs> Based on the availability of the remaining chairs throughout the show. <laughs> this is where you spot the difference between race car ref and old ref. Race car ref is just casually counting where old ref lets everybody knows in the building that he is counting. Yeah. But this is kind of going to a point that you brought up earlier, Matt. Yeah, I, I like the fact that throughout the entire night, nobody's really gone outside. This is pretty much an Odeo tie gimmick. We're going to throw some people into some chairs, maybe do a spot outside, but only Odeo tie does it. Therefore, it's not cheapened by the fact that everybody throughout the night is going to be doing the same thing. It therefore becomes not garbage wrestling. It becomes a calculated thing that the heels do. Because they're heels. And you don't need every match on the card going outside the ring. That's exactly. what the ring is there for. It doesn't feel like a shortcut when Odeo Tai does it. Because, like I said, they are heels. Everything's kind of coming up 50-50 to this point. What do we need to do to go to that next level to put the heels as above the faces? It just, it works. Back in the ring with Hazuki scoop slamming. Saki. Kagetsu comes back in to get some kicks and a scoop slam of her own. Hazuki runs the ring to kick out Mayu and takes a stomp on Saki for good measure. That's why Hazuki is probably one of the best heels in the business. It's all these little things that add up. Double drop Toho followed by double sentons onto Saki from Hazuki and Kagetsu. Mary and Hana come in for the stereo bow and arrows until Mayu and Saki come in to slip in a sneaky pin while they have the bow and arrows in. Very smart, very slick. Yeah, it was really nice. There's the visual of Saki's face as they're locking in the two bow and arrows where she's just kind of like, okay, let's see where this is going. Cool, your shoulders are on the mat. Let's do a pin. It was really well put together. Gut kick from Mayu to Hana. Followed by a running bulldog from Saki. Followed by a kick to the face from Mayu. Followed by a stomp from Saki. Followed by a standing moonsault from Mayu. Finally, followed by double drop kicks to Hana. All this in about five seconds, by the way. Yeah, say that three times fast. Yeah. Mayu tries for the dragon suplex, and this is followed by reversals. Matt, explain this series, please, because it ends with Mayu getting a submission on Hana into a suplex. Stardom. Thank you. Hazuki breaks it up. From downtown. Flying over the top rope. Double code breaker to Mayu and Mary from Hazuki. Mwah. Beautiful. <laughs> Race car ref narrowly escapes death by moving out of an Irish whip to Mary into the corner. <laughs> Did you see this? Yeah, he was quick to get out of the way. Hazuki charges Mary, but Mary kills her when she gets her foot up. Mm. Mary is really stepping her game up. Hazuki then returns the receipt back for a refund until Mary just clotheslines the shit out of her. At this point, it's very noticeable that someone is sitting next to the camera mic and is very excited. Yes, he's very happy. <laughs> I've heard him all throughout the night. He just giggles like a little schoolgirl. Saki comes in and goes after Mary, but Kegetsu flies over and misses a splash. Saki rolls her up into a schoolgirl for a two. Kegetsu gets in some stiff kicks, but is pushed into Mayu's corner, and Mayu rings Kegetsu's bell with an enziguri from the outside. Shit! 
Double murder kicks to the head of Kegetsu from Mayu and Saki. Mayu goes up top for the frog splash, followed by Saki with the stomp, but it only gets a two. Hana flies in and clears out Mayu, and Mary helps team up on Saki. They get her up top, but she turns it into a top rope double bulldog onto Mary and Hana. All right. <laughs> yep. Wrestling. She then goes back up for the double crossbody. Saki runs the ropes for something, but Mary follows with another killer lariat, and Hana straight throat kicks her. Poor Mayu. She's either really being tossed out of the ring with full force, or she's in the belief that if she dies a good death, then it'll be more accepting to the audience. Is it possible that she's a Viking? Maybe. If she dies in battle, she gets to go to Valhalla. Mary hits a scoop pile driver to Saki, but it only gets a two as it's broken up by Odeotai. Matt, explain this double flying to the outside. Stardom. Thank you. Mary and Saki are left in the ring as Mary kicks the shit out of her. Saki flips out of a powerbomb attempt, and Mary in the crucifix pin for the three in 12.04 as it's made apparent why race car ref has officiated this match and not old ref. Mary just fucks him right out of the ring. (laughs) She's having none of this. Post-match, we get a little bit of a celebration between Mayu and Saki before Saki just starts yelling Mary's name out. She finally gets a microphone and continues to yell Mary's name out, saying, hey, Mary, come back, come back. I like when you cook me Mexican food, but that's not what I have to say here. Racist! <laughs> uh, she says, there's been a lot of people calling out people for belts tonight, but nobody's challenged for Mary's high-speed title. I want a challenge for Mary's high-speed title. I assume Mary responds, because we can't really see her at this point. She didn't come back to the ring. But you see a smiling Rosie just in the corner of the screen, and Saki goes, hey, Rosie, Mary said it's good. I want a title shot. Let's make it happen. And he kind of smiles and nods. And then we move to the close of the show. Although this was a 12-minute match and had some standoff points, I'm grateful I've made the swap to electronic notes rather than pen and paper. This match felt like it passed in five minutes. I mean, this was a theme throughout the entire show. Every match was shorter than what it seemed. Yeah, the whole show, it did not feel like, I, I, I didn't time the entire show, but it did not feel like it was more than maybe a 30-minute show. And I know it had to have been longer than a 30-minute show because the last match, time overall with promos and everything, was 30 minutes by itself. It's an easy, easy watch. We've covered other organizations that had triple threat matches or three-way tags in the past, but in stardom, there's so much going on. Everyone in the audience is guaranteed to see something good. Yeah. So, out of the two main pay-per-view type shows, we went into this one to set up story and move forward. But if stardom were on, let's say, Wednesday nights? hmm I honestly think they would be outdrawing some other organizations. This was an absolute high-quality show. I give them total props. Like I said, it was an easy watch. Almost every belt is now accounted for in the future, setting up future feuds and matches. Well put together piece of entertainment. So, Waldo, that leads us to match of the night. I'm actually going to take a little bit of a curve on this one. Ooh. I'm going to go with the opener. Tim and Natsumi and the sisters. Surprising choice. I don't normally go for face-face or heel-heel dynamics, uh-huh. but... If that match did anything, it set everybody up for success in the future. Fair enough. It, 
it gave each individual and group alike time to shine and show the audience why they're in stardom and what they could do moving forward. I think it was an absolute great opener and it set the rest of the night up for success as far as pacing goes and everything like that. I got you. I will probably have to go also on a little bit of a curveball here. Jungle Assault Nation versus QQ. It was a well-done match, but even inside this match, you had Jungle always trying to get at Utami, keeping that feud going. So you had a feud with inside of a match, which inside of an overall storyline that was really, really well highlighted during this match that they could do three different things at one time. Beautifully done to watch. Which leads us to the ever-famous Hill of the Week. I probably have to give it to Hazuki again. Like I said, it's the little things. The stomping on somebody instead of stepping over them as you go to make the tag. Just everything she does has a purpose, and it's a heel purpose. Kudos to you, Hazuki. Waldo? Matt, I'm hurt. I'm broken. I've been betrayed this week. Uh-huh. And if it hadn't been for Ric Flair turning on Sting and for us being able to blame Sting for that, we wouldn't have had what happened this last week. You know damn well who I'm talking about, Saki. <laughs> I blame Flair for this because he showed how to turn on Sting, even though it was Sting's fault. He should have known better. <laughs> I mean, you've been going at it since 85. <laughs> you should have known better. But Sting was betrayed by the horseman, and Flair invented that spot. And you, Saki, learn from the nature boy. And that's why Flair is heel of the week, because he contributed to something so heartbreaking. Saki. But that's it for me, Waldo. And I'm the Matt. And Dr. Brian, here at the Face for Wrestling podcast. Check out our episodes on YouTube and in audio format on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can follow us on the Twitter at Face for Wrestling and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Face for Wrestling. Our stardom episodes drop every month on the 9th, as usual, with our audio versions covering NWA Power on the 24th. And a big shout out and thank you to all those giving us the likes, subscribes, and the comments on our Facebook, YouTube, and all the other stuff that we do. Big thumbs up and thank you. Thanks for watching and remember, Saki. Stats ain't math. Stats ain't math.